0: Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. Welcome to Calm Mystery. Our selection this time, Getaway, by Perry F. Bruns, read by the author. When I'm not recording calm mystery, I do Murder Mystery Company shows live and on Zoom. I'm lucky enough to join a bunch of insanely talented actors from stage and screen, and we perform repertory style. That is, we learn all the parts for all the shows we do. Since every show casts different performers, and we then pick different guests from different audiences to play suspects who have vital roles in the stories. Literally every show is different. Now, it's not completely different. There are scripts, and we have a general idea of how each show is going to start and end. But new things always happen in the middle. So when our guests join us, they're always part of a unique story. Sometimes, though, real life changes the story in unexpected ways. Such was the case in March 2020. Four of us traveled to a private show in South Florida for a fairly large crowd, and the client told us they were very excited to have us perform. As we stopped for lunch, though, real life intervened. We noticed that stores in the strip mall where we'd parked were extremely crowded more than usual for a Saturday afternoon. We'd been hearing about a virus of some sort for the past few weeks, but nothing conclusive. That changed rather suddenly. As we ate, my troop director, one of the four members of our plucky cast, got the fateful phone call. Well, two phone calls. The first time, the client simply asked us if we could get hold of some rubber gloves. We looked around we called around. No luck. Just as my director started to call the client back to tell her we had no chance of getting rubber gloves at any store in the area, she called and said that sadly the show was off. The director dutifully called our headquarters and HQ reported that we were one of many shows to be rescheduled by clients across the country. We glumly drove back to the hotel trying to figure out how we would use all the pent-up, wild energy coursing through our veins. I can't speak for every actor, but when I get ready to go on stage, especially for an immersive theater show with lots of improv and crowd work, I get positively amped. So do many of my castmates. It's part of why we do this. It's a license to play. And here we were with no idea of how serious the situation was going to become or how long it would be until we got to perform shows again, and we were all in this frame of mind where we were ready to go on in two minutes. Thank you, two. We knew two things. At least at the hotel, we'd get to shoot some social media videos and do some writing, and we all really enjoyed spending time and goofing around with each other. A third idea occurred to us on the way back. With a bunch of shows getting cancelled, maybe other entertainment venues were going through the same thing. As we commiserated with them in spirit, we thought about what kinds of entertainment were forced to pause alongside us, and someone brought up escape rooms. As we started recording improvised sketches on each other's phones, and as I started jotting down ideas on my tablet, We also called around, and, to nobody's surprise, found a place in short order that had had a cancellation. If we could get there in half an hour, we could take the spot. We could definitely get there in half an hour. We joked about who should push the buzzer to ask the operators to let us in, but one of our performers took the initiative before the rest of us could stop her. So there we were, in the front room, a cramped affair in spooky red and black, with the owner-operators. A big, bulky, jovial white guy a little younger than me and a lithe and quietly friendly attractive black woman who looked to be in her mid-twenties. We later learned that he built the mechanical items and she did all the artwork. They came up with the puzzles together. We'd all played escape room games before, so they just went over the safety information and rules specific to this particular experience. A haunted mortuary. When they came to the inevitable, any questions, part, we all had the same question, independently, and almost at the same time. Could we perform in character? They stared at us, and then at each other. Then they started to smile. Yes, yes we could. We ran back outside to my boxy hatchback, rummaged around for a bit, and came back with hats and jackets. Casper, our troop director, played the young mob boss. They had exactly the kind of boyish charm to pull it off regularly, and were in fine form. Emily played the boss's long-suffering sister with a combination of impish cuteness and sudden ferocity that made her an absolute joy to work with, because even if you were on the receiving end, you were in on the gag. She even looked like a real-life sister of Casper's, especially since at the time they had almost matching dark brown hair and light complexions. Tristan, young, blonde, short, wiry, and quietly intense, played the unlikely-looking enforcer with the piercing blue eyes, giving him the ability to playfully intimidate people twice his size. Like me. I rounded out the cast as a short, thick wall of gleefully corrupt detective complete with signature broad-brimmed brown fedora and tan trench coat. To the best of my knowledge, we would be the first actors to ever play this particular escape room as 1920s gangsters. We entered. We heard the door shut behind us. I immediately turned to try to open it back up. In the darkness, I discovered two things. A locked door, obviously, and three pairs of stunned eyes staring at me. "'What?' I asked, fully in character. "'Never hurts to try. "'We could have set some kind of speed record or something.' "'We made our way out of the first corridor, "'lit only by an emergency exit sign, "'to two small rooms and one very large back room, "'all filled with various interconnected puzzles. "'While the puzzles were excellent, "'and I remember the concepts and even some specifics "'of several of these brain-twisting challenges,' It wouldn't be fair to describe them in detail, in case you ever happened to find yourself in the same venue. Besides, the puzzles were only part of the experience itself. We had done dozens of shows together, but never in a show we didn't create, never in a haunted setting, and never for an audience of two who were playing our adversaries. I will say I came away impressed with our ability to perform as a team. Where one of our skills left off, another of us was able to pick up the slack. Though each of us had certain abilities that stood out, there was considerable overlap as well, and we all had combinations of attributes that meshed beautifully. Whether it was Tristan's keen sense of logic, Emily's dexterity, Casper's intuition, or my ability to reverse engineer, no, I didn't disassemble anything we weren't supposed to. While my character was a rule-breaker, there were certain rules neither he nor I would break. We're allowed to break the fourth wall, but we don't take it apart and put it in storage during the show. The operators kept the atmosphere delightfully suspenseful and immersive. When we ventured into certain locations or took certain actions, they interacted by triggering lights and sounds. Activating animated bodies, or body parts, and chiming in with comments and hints over the PA system. We, of course, responded in character. The mob boss would bark orders in his not-at-all-squeaky tenor, and the enforcer and I would hurry to carry them out, even as his sister would argue with him and come up with the right answer. Whenever the male operator called, Detective, in his deep, booming voice over the speakers, I'd snap. What do you want? I remember hoping I hadn't angered our hosts, because occasionally their responses seemed a bit... clipped. Emily worked locks with enviable speed and precision as befitting a mob boss's sister. Casper spotted the obvious clues we all missed, except when it was funnier to catch the inconspicuous ones and completely miss the obvious. Tristan excelled at challenges involving speed and reflexes, I contributed by catching odd patterns and assembling bits of information that didn't seem to fit together, until they did. We found clues, keys, cards with combination numbers, words in invisible ink, in all sorts of unlikely places, including cadaver drawers. One cadaver drawer in particular seemed to contain a clue, but Tristan, our hard-to-reach spaces specialist, scrambled out before retrieving it because something tried to grab him. So he sent someone else in after it. Me. I was the obvious choice. I'm harder to grab, can see better in the dark, and with the other three holding onto my ankles for dear life, can get out more easily. Also sending in the biggest character is a physical comedy tradition. I got the clue. That led us to search a cadaver for the final exit key while vigilantly watching it to make sure it didn't decide to stop us or try to get out with us. That was how we all failed to spot the giant-aproned mutant with the chainsaw that chased us to the exit door. I should mention that the chase started right after Tristan, being the fastest runner, grabbed the key. Well, we thought of him as the fastest runner. He was definitely the quickest runner. Once they got started, though, Casper and Emily easily got to the door fast enough to have to get out of his way, and, despite my mass, I can build up quite a lot of speed once I get going. And quite a lot of momentum. To my credit, I nearly came to a full stop before colliding with my castmates and mashing them all against the surprisingly flexible door. Surprisingly, it held, and Tristan frantically unlocked it to spill us back out into the lobby with four minutes to spare. We chatted amiably, bought souvenirs, took photos with the operators, and reflected on the fun we'd all had. The male operator admitted that he'd had to keep his announcement short toward the end, because he had trouble not breaking into laughter at our replies. All of us agreed we'd do the whole thing again any time we had the opportunity. Even with the shadow of an emerging global pandemic hanging over us, the experience reminded us why we do what we do. Even when we're not playing an escape room game, the experience and our audience give us a way out of reality for at least a while and we enjoy the escape. You've just listened to Getaway by Perry F. Bruns on Calm Mystery. Calm Mystery is a Murder Mystery Company production, part of American Immersion Theater, Scott Crampton, executive producer. Our editor is Audra Schildhouse. If you enjoy Calm Mystery, please take the time to rate us and leave a review wherever you get your fine podcasts. It helps spread the word. In the comments, let us know what you like and how we can improve. While you're at it, tell a friend who enjoys a good story. Or even an enemy if you need a distraction. And subscribe if you haven't already. That way you won't miss an episode. They'll download to your device when you least expect it. In the meantime, stay calm. Life's full of mysteries. Thank you for listening to Calm Mystery, a Murder Mystery Company production. To solve your own case with us, visit MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, and use code CALM, C-A-L-M. For $20 off your own murder mystery party. We have dozens of entertaining detectives. You can even ask for me, Perry, by name. If no one else can help, and if they can find me, maybe I can help you become Detective of the Night. That's MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, code CALM.